Everyone got one, what's your opinion? This is the rare room, tongues won't be bitten Ain't no rules, just spill it And anybody can get it, no limit We get to kill it, you tuning in to the thrillers And no, ain't no stopping Any topic, even the random I hope that you ready, we entering in the zone soon We on a grown shit, welcome to the rare room That's it, that's all I got to say What's up y'all, it's your boy, Hilliard Guest you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it street, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what? Wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> Why you got to mess up my flow? Because <laughs> when I was watching you saying and you're like, we're going to keep it street. I'm like, he ain't going to hold it together. It's coming. It's coming. And it started making me laugh. Okay, do over. Sorry, fam. This See what is I'm talking over. about, y'all? See, do it again. See, no, no, do it we again. Do this, Dana, we do this unedited, too. See? You know what I mean? So they're going to hear all these mistakes. <laughs> they be like black folks. They can't do it again. Right? Do it again. Do it again. We keep it what? So check it out, y'all. Mm. On this show, we keep it street. Yes. We keep it opinionated. What? We keep it what? 2015. 2015. You could have joined in with us. You oh, heard the show. <laughs> so check it out, y'all. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always stories, uh, craft, craft, screenwriting, <laughs> and what else? Shit, Shit like, like that. that. <laughs> 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 That's what's up. That's the way I like it. Now, now you're back. Okay, I'm back. I'm now sorry. Back. I'm sorry. She, was on, she wasn't on her team. No, either. you know what? You know what I'm thinking about, people? You know what I'm thinking about? Tom Hardy. Would you, what about why Tom you, Hardy? Because Mad Max. <laughs> She's going to go see it tonight. Best movie. Wait, have you not seen it yet? Which is unusual of you. No, because I've been really busy. You ain't got no job? No, I was... None. Okay, just so the audience knows, I've been to a couple of funerals, and my grandmother passed oh, away. Oh, my oh. grandma from Italy passed away. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it was kind of a rough week, so I was like really just doing a lot of reading, getting stuff right, and then I had to go to a funeral last weekend. And so, usually, you know, I'm the one that's always in the front row the first time, She'd and you know my rule. Night, and my rule is this. You get three days for me not to say nothing about the movie, and then oh, the spoiler alert is gone. I'm telling everybody everything. But so, you know, so I've been trying to ignore people mm-hmm. who've been talking about it. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm a mm-hmm. confession. I love the old Mad Max movies, mm-hmm. but the only reason why I'm going to see this one is because of Tom Hardy. Okay. As feminist as I am, and everybody's talking about Charlize Theron, <laughs> you know what? I'm there to go see Tom yeah, Hardy. Exactly. If he wasn't in it, I'm so y'all here. I might her, not go see her, it. And her crazy cell. <laughs> Have you seen it? I'm going tonight to an Academy screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mm-hmm. seen it? I saw, Thursday night. I saw it Thursday night. Yeah. Best movie ever. Did you ever? see an IMAX 3D? I didn't, but I didn't need to. It was... Says the oh, genre dude over here. Look at so it. so good. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to see it again tonight. You're going to see it again? Oh, I it's that good. It. I, could walk, I might see it every day. Oh, my God. It's like that. It's that good. It's, it's amazing. It's wow. Amazing. Hey, isn't um, uh, Zoe Kravitz in it, too? Does she, she have a, mm-hmm. does she have a big role, or is she kind of like the sideline chick, as always? I mean, everybody has a big... Every, everybody has roles about the same, because they're all just mm-hmm. running the whole time, but mm-hmm. she's on screen a lot. She's, I think she's one of the most underrated. I, I think she's really talented. Mm-hmm. I think that she should have been um, cast as a lead in Divergent. Mm, okay. um, Cause I think she, I think she you had. I, I, are you kidding me? When mm-hmm. I watched that movie, mm-hmm. I couldn't keep my eyes off her. Every time she came on the screen, I don't mm-hmm. care about the other girl. But when I see her, <laughs> you know, I, go, What's her name? I, I can't remember her name. name. I can't remember the girl's name. Shailene Woodley. I, I'm glad you know, because all I guess I was like, why is she not the lead? So anyway, I'm a huge Zoe Kravitz fan, and okay. I think that she's pretty underrated. But she's going to be in that new movie that's coming out um, about the mm-hmm. Black Punkers. Oh God, what is it wow, called? Oh really? Come on, come on, There's come on. There's a new movie coming out about oh, Black Punk Shut Punkers? 
Where have you been? I did not hear about that. You know what? I can't did you hear about to, this? I can't even talk to you. I can't even talk to you right now. Right now, the name escapes me. Okay, movie audience, you know what I'm talking about. It's coming out. Um, <laughs> is oh it God. from the 80s or something? What is it's it? Take place, I think it takes place in the 80s. Really? But it's what, a, what city? Oh God, Here, Inglewood. Really? And Zoe Kravitz plays, oh God, what is that movie called? Oh Jesus! It so it's got to have everybody in anyway, there. It's got to be bad in the audience. And you know, if you shit. know, if you know what it is, you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, okay. she's in it, and she's like the love interest, and they've got a girl who's like, she could be like a tomboyish kind of gender fluid, mm-hmm. and it's just it just looks like totally up my alley. So okay. I'm like, why is the name escaping me? Anywho, okay, well, we're going is to see that. Is it Vincent and Roxy? No. Is it Vienna and the Phantoms? Nope. It's mm. one word. It's one word. I believe hmm. it's one word. That was just me looking at her IMDb. <laughs> no, no, no. It's the guy. No. Oh, you're looking at Zoe Kravitz right now? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, it'll come to me. Anywho. Okay. Oh, we hear about you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we go off on these little rides. I'm sorry. Rise. We go off on a little tangent. I can talk about Mad Max okay, all day. That's okay. why we call it the rant room. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, hello, so fam. Y'all, y'all hear her verse. Mm-hmm. That's Lisa Bolacaja. Mm-hmm. We call her the street nerdist. Yes. So why we call you that? Because at times when I need to bring it to you academic, I can. But if we need to get gully, I will <laughs> bring it to do? the street. I will what bring it to do? the street for you. You will cut them? I won't cut them. I will give him a thorough read. Cut that bitch. Whoop that trick. Whoop Whoop that that trick. But you know, I'm excited because you know, Mm -hmm. it's uh, you know, I'm leaving a couple days to go to Wisconsin for the feminist science fiction convention. I'm doing a couple of panels. I'm doing a reading, some new sci-fi stuff, and my story's out now in Uncanny Magazine. So check out Three Voices on Uncanny Magazine. Um, let them know you loved it. It was a fun story two, to we write. Got, we got two genre heads on here. So, I see you know, <laughs> I see for you sci-fi, fantasy, mm-hmm. blackness, and all of its glory. <laughs> no doubt. Okay, a little Dogon mythology, mm-hmm. a little bit of, I mean, it deals with music. It's a great mm-hmm. story. I wrote it when I was in Clarion. It's one of my favorite stories right. out of Clarion. And it's all about music and the power of music and African mythology mm-hmm. and blackness. Can, aren't, isn't one of the panels you doing something on black music? Well, we were going to do it. We were doing, I'm doing one called Gendered Hair, and there's another one that was going to be called The Mixtape. We were going to talk mm-hmm. about black sci-fi and music. Yeah, um, but I think we're postpononing that one because okay. uh, one of the people we wanted on the panel. I, I bet, I bet Dana, I bet you would know a lot of a lot of that, <sighs> wouldn't you? Are Just you thinking me? about black music and how they use and sci-fi. sci-fi and shit are you kidding me? Like a L- little bit, little bit. I mean, I would be curious to hear. Oh God! Like no, give we, an example, no, like, like gonna, Parliament. We, and no, shit we were like going to talk about Sun Ra, Janelle Monae, Flying okay. Lotus, okay. Okay. a lot of groups, and. Um, just music and, and just music in general and how we've always had that. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people always talk about black people because, you know, they got the big controversy going on with the Hugo Awards and all that mm-hmm. stuff, too, because certain people mm-hmm. are upset that it's becoming a little bit more, you know, a lot of diversity and a lot of richness and variety in stories. But we've <laughs> a always bit been more like the world. Uh, Hello. Thank you. Like uh, if you live in Los Angeles and uh, you walk around the street to your neighborhood corner, exactly. like what is wrong with you? But the whole thing is like black people, we've always been sci fi. Mm-hmm. Like, we are sci fi. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for us to act like, we oh, got this a sci fi dude on here today. Okay, you're telling me? So we're going to get on, it in. Come on. You know? So, anywho, so yeah, so we were going to do that called the mixtape, but hopefully we'll do it next year. But yeah, okay. if you're out there, come check me out in Madison, Wisconsin. And I will be at the Nebula Awards next month. She's just promoting the shit out of I'm, You know, I might as well. Four of my, four of my <laughs> friends have been nominated for Nebulas this year. Oh, wow. And one of my friends who's not going to be there, who I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping wins. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have not read the story, The Devil in America by Kai Ashanti Washington, do yourself a favor. You can read it for free on tour.com. It's called The Devil in America. Good One of the hardest sci-fi fantasy yeah. stories I read last mm-hmm. year. If it does not win the Nebula, which is hard because three of my homies are in the same category with mm-hmm. him. But you know when it comes to stories and craft, I'm going to be honest. I don't care if you're my friend, you're my mm-hmm. homie, my roommate. Like mm-hmm. Whatever I like, I like. 
And that's the story that I'm hoping will win because that knocked me, it knocked me out. I get a sense our guest is the same way. It knocked me out. Mm -hmm. And when it's good sci-fi or good supernatural stuff, Mm -hmm. I am in your corner rooting for you. Okay. All right. How you doing, fam? I like that. So that's a good little segue. Yeah, let's move on. So that's Lisa Lisa Bolacazi, y'all. So look, and I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. So if you're grown, let's get it in. Here we go. So we got my man here. My new friend, my new home team. <laughs> new home slice. <laughs> we got my man, Lee Dana Jackson, you guys. We're talking writer, producer. What else you do? Uh, now I write and produce. Uh, okay. I used to direct back in the day. That's right. Um, shorts, commercials, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But no. I've been writing since I moved to L.A. So. That's what's up. That's what's yeah. up. Well, we're going to get into that. TV. All TV. All genre, all, 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 all genre, genre, all day. Genre, all day. I like that. That should be a slogan. That should be a slogan. Like when you go in a pitch, right? genre, all day, bitch. That's all That's your card. Genre, all day. <laughs> so we got Lee Dana Jackson here. If you guys hear me, we're going to be calling him Dana for the rest of the thing. Because mm-hmm. right. he prefers that. Because he's a pimp. Why else? <laughs> Only strangers call me Lee. <laughs> Only strangers? Okay, that's yeah. what's up. All right. So, um, so let's go into a little bit about you. Just tell us like where you go, where you come from, how you got into the game, and we'll spend time talking mm-hmm. about writing, you know, directing, and you know, especially right. TV yeah, and yeah. genre. We yes. Um, originally from Boston, right. uh, moved to New York, went to NYU for film school. I got, got my MFA at NYU. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so he's smart and shit. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> um, moved to LA about ten years ago. Okay. Uh, Broken TV about. Five, six years ago. Okay. Around there. How, how did it happen? Yeah, so because you... He's trying to just get... Yeah, I don't know. Look. He's like, I just moved out here and it just happened you know, for me. It's like... Know, we I just got it like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I, don't, I don't really... I don't have a good... I don't have a good origin story in LA. Like, no, all sto- origin stories yeah. are good. Right, how it happened to I'll go back to the beginning. Okay, okay. let's do the best part of the story is at the way right. back at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, um, coming out of college, I went to Penn undergrad. I went to Penn undergrad and coming out of college, I was a musician. My band, like... Played in a band. We moved to New York. Wait, wait. What kind, what kind of music, music is it? <laughs> and what did you play? Well, this is this is years ago, so I don't want. I don't want to. <laughs> he had a Jerry. I don't it's too late now. It's too late now. You're it here. It was like um, it was like New York hardcore, like quicksand, help, help really? that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. And I sang and played guitar. Wow. And but when the band broke up, um, I was trying to get into film. I was I was interested in film. I didn't really know anything about it. And my younger brother was. At the time, was a high school, like heavily recruited high school basketball player, okay. and we were walking through uh, Astor Place, and Spike Lee was walking the other direction. <laughs> and I had taken a job working on Wall Street uh, at at, uh, at a bank, and he saw my brother, and he stopped, and he's like starting talking to my brother, and I was standing beside him, just kind of looking stupid. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Spike Lee, I didn't really know right, what to right, say, right, right. but he recognized my brother because he was, you know, he follows basketball like that, mm-hmm. and he looked over at me, and he was like, "What about you? What do you do?" And I said, "Well, I would like to get in a film." And he said, come by my office on Monday. What? And I was like... What year was this? This is back in the 90s. <laughs> this is back in the day. Look, you see how is, this before, is this before Malcolm X? After. This is years after that. Okay. okay. Um, and I, I, but I, had I think job. we should end it right here. I don't like him very much. You know, should just be falling into his lap. Look at him. <laughs> you know, already, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm like, let me slide these cookies away from him <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> no, no, but it was, it was so, so I, I told him, I, had, I was like, I have a job. I, can't, I have a job. I have to go to work on Monday. He said, then come by my office on Tuesday. So I went, on Monday, I went and quit my job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wait, I'm sorry. You, wait. <laughs> You were just having a meeting. You didn't know what was going to happen. Okay, you just you went just and quit, quit your job? I did. Wow. Wait, you had a Wall Street job 
Did you look in the crystal wow. ball and knew something was going to go down? I figured whatever happened, if I was trying to do this, but you, but you could have wow, waited. You could have waited. You could have said we had an appointment, but I'm gonna hold on to this little job in case nothing. I comes like that. It. That's interesting. Wow. I figured it was if you have the opportunity in front of you, you got to jump at it. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, whatever happens, whatever path he sets me on, whatever he says to do. I'm going to do it 100%, okay. and no version of me doing it is going to include me also going to an office on Wall Street every wow. day. Wow. So I went to his office on Tuesday, and he made me an intern. He put like put me as, put me as an intern in his development office. Mm-hmm. Was it a paid intern? Nope. Unpaid. Um, See how much you got to want it? See what I'm talking about? I was, you know, mm-hmm. worked for him for a couple months, and then the head of development left. The person who was there, number two, mm-hmm. bumped up, and I took that job. And so I worked really? on he got game with him. I worked on Summer of Sam with him. Uh, so tell so me about like some of some of your duties, well, like what type of things. I mean, were back you doing? then I was uh, I was a story editor for him. Okay. So you know, basically it was just well, out here the like development executives. Mm-hmm. So you know, I was working on the scripts with him. I would, like give notes and give mm-hmm. notes to the writers, and mm-hmm. um, you know, and we would some have great internal training. meetings some about the scripts right. and stuff like that. And then and, and I said, so Spike, how do I if I want to do what you do, what do I do? He said, go to film school. I said, where should I go? He said, well, where did I go? <laughs> I said, okay, I'll go to NYU then. <laughs> so I went to NYU. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was literally. I'm sorry, just to backtrack. Did you have rent due? Like when you quit your job from Wall Street? Because I'm just this is these are for the people in the audience who are like, you know how you know how we are, job security and making sure you can't just leap, you know, have a leap of faith and not have something. Sure. So when you you had this job, you go to Spike. Were you living in what was going? I mean, we, I, my, my, girl, my then girlfriend, now wife, and I lived in an apartment in Brooklyn. Um, she was a teacher, and I w- had lived fairly conservatively before then. So mm-hmm. all the money I'd made on Wall Street, I, I don't buy. I still don't. Really okay, so you had a cushion. Stuff. All right, so I had a little cushion, okay. and then right. when that cushion ran out, she was like, "I'll get us until." Until I can't anymore. And she wow. got us until I... She, she held him down. That's what you need. You ride a die, girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Look, no, no one can do it alone. Right, it alone. right, so, right. Um, so she held it down until I started getting paid. And then mm-hmm. and then it sort of bounced out again. Wow. So, that's what's up. So that's, oh the, that's the back, back in the day, okay. the origin part of the story. Okay. Then I went to film school. Then I graduated. Then I worked in New York for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, produced a couple shows out okay. there. And then I moved here with... I moved here. Um, I had a, a my thesis film coming out of NYU had like won a bunch of awards and. Um, what was that? It was called uh, the first three lives of Stuart Hornsley. It was like a time travel love story. Okay. Um, Wait, his it genre. was you a see time that? travel <laughs> love story. Right. It was. It was. Wow. Oh, speaking. Well, speaking of the intersection of music. Right. So the lead in in that was Tunde Adebimpe, who's the lead singer of TV on the radio. Really? This was before he was in TV on the radio. Actually, oh my while god. While we were shooting, he gave me like the CD that would end up being the first. Oh my god. Wow. Listen to this, and I listened to it. I was like, it was my favorite band of all time. Wow. <laughs> um, so it was, but yeah, it was a genre thing. It had a you know musician in it. it was, mm-hmm. um, but I moved out here because we had pulled together some money to make a feature version of it, which I had written. Okay, really? and then that money fell apart, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, now we're in. LA. Wait, what so you moved to LA, and then at that, fe- oh my god, wow. it was another one of those leap before. Oh my god, just, if you're gonna do, it. and your wife is like, I'm gonna hold it down. <laughs> we we gonna make this work. She did. Oh she my did. god, she, she, look, she she. Wait, what's your wife's name? Sarah Swenyan Bynum. Sarah, shout out. Swenyan, S-H-U-N-Y-N. Yeah. And she's a novelist. Hey, hey, shout out to you. Holding it down. Holding it down. No, she's... He said she writes here at the Hatchery, by the way. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a big deal in her... She's a literary 
novelist. Mm-hmm. She's a like National Book Award finalist. Mm-hmm. She's been in the New Yorker a bunch of times. Like she's way smarter than me. <laughs> much, much better writer than me. Shout out to my wife. She's the smart one in the house. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Um but uh we moved out here, tried to we're, we're trying to make that movie, fell apart, and my agent said, Well, using like if you rewrite this other script that I had written at the time, he was like, I can probably get you work writing. Okay. So I rewrote that script and and it was a, it was a feature. Um and he started to get me like work doing writing stuff, like mm-hmm. rewrites and but it was all it was all kind of at that there's like that kind of level where you're just like you're kind of surviving. Right. You're not really right. making anything. Right. And I was in features where barely anything gets made, even if you're a mm-hmm. big deal. Right. That was the opposite of a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a pilot because in New York I didn't know anything about TV. Mm-hmm. Um so when I, but when I moved here, I was like, oh, all these people, they make TV. And right. You write it, and two weeks later, they're shooting it. And six <laughs> weeks later, people like are magic. watching it. It's, it's magic. Amazing. Right. So, um, so I wrote this pilot, and I wrote it at the wrong time of the year. It was very late in mm-hmm. the staffing season. I, I didn't even know about the sort of mm-hmm. TV cycle. This is before cable took over. Yeah, before. Year, right? yeah. And this was, yeah, yeah, definitely before it was sort of mm-hmm. all year right. staffing mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. So... I sent it to my agent, and he was like, I'll see what I can do with it, but it's really late. And it just so happened that this show on ABC was looking for a staff writer, and my my script was like, it was as if I had written a version right. of that yeah. show. It was very, very close right. um, fit. And so I staffed on that show. And what was that? That was that was a show called No Ordinary Family, oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. which uh, Greg Berlanti created mm-hmm. with uh, John Feldman. <laughs> That's somebody nice to be in the bed with. Okay. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I've, I've, Greg is amazing. I've done two shows with him now, and mm-hmm. he's like, Greg is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um and so from there, I just... So how was that transition for me to go from, you know, working on film and doing feature film projects to like, I don't know anything about TV, but I'm in it now. Like, what? <laughs> hello? You know, it's like, what was that learning curve for you? Like, um, to get staffed and then boom. The tra- it was, there were some great parts of it and some rougher parts of it. Um, you know, when you're on, when you're in movies, you're by yourself at home mm-hmm. like writing in your underwear which is <laughs> nice but also you're alone and you don't, true, no one's true. telling you if it's good or bad right, right. until you are sending it out mm-hmm. um, so you can go down bad paths or incorrect paths or whatever mm-hmm. and get all the way to the end of that path before you realize oh that was a, I just spent six weeks or three weeks or however long sure. with a bad idea mm-hmm. <clears throat> in TV it's it's so much more collaborative you're bouncing ideas off people and you're just adding to you know, whatever the best idea is, you're like, oh, here's 10%. And they swat it down immediately. Eh, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you know what? I've been lucky. I I have not been on that show. I've I've heard of the shows where people, you know, shoot people down. Mm -hmm. I've I've been lucky enough to not have dealt with those people. Oh, that means you got some good ideas, man. (laughs) No, no, no. Just I've I've been with good people. You know, it's not, everybody's got great ideas. It's Mm -hmm. like, who's good enough to to say, oh, let me take, I'm, I will equally take the, from this right. guy and from that guy, right. even mm-hmm. though this guy may be new or that guy may be, mm-hmm. you know, old or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, where was I? <laughs> well, you were talking no, about you get working on different shows. Oh, right. so, 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 can, I, can I back up on yeah, something really quick? And, and, and I'm doing this because a lot of people who listen to the show, um, some people are first timers, some people are learning. We, have, we do have some showrunners who listen to the show because, you know, they're friends of mine. But you skipped over one little thing. How did you get the agent? And I'm only asking because everybody's journey is different. Right, right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first agent I got because I had my, my thesis film, had, when it was done doing well. rounds, mm-hmm. it, had done, it did really, really well. Okay. Um, and so I had 
bunch of agencies calling me off that. Okay. And I was I was really like I was I was I've I'm pretty dumb in general <laughs> in how in how I handled my career. I'm pretty bad at it. So coming off that thesis film, um, I got a lot of calls from like some really big agencies that were like oh, what feature film do you have? Mm-hmm. And at the time, I hadn't written the feature version of that film. Mm-hmm. I had written this other film that I wanted to do that was like a, you know, $25,000, like New York, black and white, like oh, skateboard movie. <laughs> yeah, Tiny right. little yeah. dudes on a street corner right. with skateboards, like kids. And so I had this time travel love story, and they were like, what's your next thing? And I was like, here. And they didn't call back. <laughs> because they're like, I don't want to make a that's this movie yeah. that's like cost ten dollars right. in New York in black and white. Right. If you were, I thought you were like a genre guy. Right. So I kind of had to like reset, and then I I did this other short after that that also did really well. And off that short, mm-hmm. the first agent who called, I was like, here, here's my feature version, and it's like in the same oh, vein okay. as right. the short that you just right. saw that won that award. So you found a lane. Right. So I understood like mm-hmm. how the business worked right. a little better. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and so that's how I, so he, okay. you know, they came to me off the shorts. Mm-hmm. In both cases, I, agents came to me coming off successful material, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which in my, although everyone I know has, has different paths for the people who don't, who I know who didn't come up on a desk, like mm-hmm. working on a show mm-hmm. as an assistant or whatever, they all have some version of, I did a thing over here and somebody noticed it and that's right. how I got over here. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Other gotcha. Place. Mm-hmm. I'm gesturing with my hands. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. I talk with my hands. It's funny. I was just telling um I was telling Lisa in our in our previous guest who was on earlier that you know, I mean I I, I work on a lot of stuff, you know, mostly in the independent world. Right. But I I do very well. And I'm starting to as much as I love writing and I'm always going to be a writer in some sort of facet. It's it's feeling familiar to me the way it was when I was an actor and I started writing. It's almost like maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. It's like right. I keep getting these jobs to produce. I'm really good at it. I'm really good at logistics and organizing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm like maybe that's you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. But it yeah. doesn't mean I can't still be a right. writer producer on a no, show. Absolutely. But you know what I mean. So I just had to jump into there. I apologize. Mm-hmm. No, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think part of what's interesting about the business is that you come in in one area mm-hmm. and you can find the thing that once you're sort of across the big mm-hmm. chasm of not working to working, you, you can find the place that you fit the best, sure. you know, based on your lifestyle, based on your interests, mm-hmm. based on your talents, based on your skills. You know, I was writing when I was writing at home, that was great. Cause my daughter was a, an infant. So I was home mm-hmm. with her for those couple, first That's couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like collaborating. I don't like, I, I since I came in as a director, thinking I was going to be a director, mm-hmm. um, the, I, I never thought I was going to be a writer. Like sitting at home alone, like did not <laughs> <appear to> me <laughs> at all. Um, I didn't enjoy it. I'm mm-hmm. much better at it now than I was. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, you find the thing that really fits mm-hmm. how you like to work. And sure. for me, TV, being able to collaborate with people and then have time to go off and just bang the script right. out for a while. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like focus periods of interaction and then focus periods of solitude. Sure. That's a nice balance. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, now you, you haven't given up on directing. No, you still no, want to, no, you still want point, to direct. At some point I'll go back and I'll, I'll go back and do something. Well, I will you, will you, are you ever, are you trying to position yourself on, on, on a show to where you can start directing and to get in one of those, you know, I, probably not. I mean, I have friends who've done that, who've directed okay. on shows that they write on. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I feel like it's a different, it's a really different job on a show. Okay. Um, 
and I like being, I get very, I like going sort of deep into the bowels of the, of the story and the mm-hmm. script and, and the macro of the, of the mythology. Mm-hmm. You can't really do that if you're going to go take a month out, you know, prep for a couple of weeks and then shoot sure. for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and then be in post for another right. month. Mm-hmm. You miss everything. Even when you're off writing script on writing a script for a couple of weeks, you mm-hmm. come back and right. the show is two episodes ahead already. Right. So and you got to catch up. And you got to catch up. <laughs> and you're like, Oh, but wait, I thought we were going to do this. Right. I had this great idea for what episode 11 was going to be. <laughs> now we're episode 15 already. So, exactly. um, I, I don't I think probably if I go back and direct or when that happens it'll be it will be like that twenty five thousand dollars skateboard okay. movie or something small in Let's the make it. world. Yeah. I'll help you do it. Let's get it. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm down. laughs> the script's actually not very good though, I have to say, in retrospect. So but probably not in the in T V. I mean mm-hmm. I you know, I have pilots and, and development and all that stuff mm-hmm. on the T V side, which mm-hmm. is that's kind of its own beast and hopefully that will mm-hmm. lead to a show. Mm-hmm. Um but eventually, you know, Go make some small movie that nobody will watch. But well, well, let's, let's talk about something. Soul. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about something. I know Lisa would love to talk about because I'm hearing a lot of the shows you're, you've been working on lately in the last few years have been more genre sci-fi. All genre, you know, sci-fi so. channel shows. Yep. So did you did you did you gear yourself that way or what? So Paul Gill's outside. <laughs> oh, Paul, <laughs> my uh, my my first agent said whatever the first thing you like. Make sure that whatever the first thing you write is, mm-hmm. it's something that you are going to be happy to write for the next 10 years mm-hmm. because whatever that first thing is, they're going to put you in that box. That box so if it's yeah. a rom-com, you're going to be in the rom-com box. Mm-hmm. If it's a sci-fi genre thing, it's, you're going to be in that box. And cool. so my first pilot was um, was like a superhero CIA pilot, basically. Oh, cool. And so I've been on... You know, my first show was a superhero family show. Mm-hmm. The second show was like a time travel show mm-hmm. on Fox. The second show after that was a supernatural show on ABC. The show after that was a superhero show on the CW. So okay. it's all been, um, okay. you know, now Sleepy Hollow is, mm-hmm. is a sort of time travel mm-hmm. supernatural show. It's all coming together. <laughs> so all yeah. together. That, that is Lisa's show, by the <sighs> way. It's a good show. Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> yes. That's your favorite show, ain't it? Yeah, well, it's one of my, it's one of my top ones. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I'm a fan. It's going to be a good season. I hope so, because, you know, mm. you've, y'all heard me say it on here. Season two was kind of shaky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not scared to say it. It was a little suspect. It was the, you know, you know but, but, uh, but, but yeah. in retrospect, now I realize, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think they were ready for the success of the first season. And I think what happened True. was that success and so many ideas, I just think, you know, it's with any new show that comes out, you still got to figure out what the show is. Yes. So I'm willing to give it time because I love the characters on the show. So... Any criticism I have is criticism out of love. Are you okay? Are you on this season? I'm on. I'm on season three. I just oh, you're on season, season three. three. So I wasn't yeah. on season two. I was on Heal It. I was producing a show, writing. Heal It. Oh my god, Heal It. That is yes. so cool. Yes. At the time. So yes. That was a crazy show. Is that done? Uh, done. Yeah. Damn. We're done. That was good. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but season three of of Super of Sleepy Hollow is going to be great. Well, of course, because you're on it too, and Chanel's on there too, and you got mm-hmm. some good some good people mm-hmm. on there. Because you know, I'm a huge fan of the show. Of course, everyone is stunned when the news went out that Orlando Jones was not going to be on there. Yeah, what's up with that? I know you can't. Talk I, you know, about you can't it, talk about it. Bullshit. But my heart, my heart, I was like, ah, my heart just went because you know, me and Orlando, we got the same birth date. You know, born on the same day, mm-hmm. same time, everything. Mm-hmm. So he's like my twin, like cousins. Like he's like my cousin. He just don't know it. Yeah. But you know what? Shows change, things happen, and stuff like that. But I'm just, I this is this is my request to you. 
yes. Dana. Not that you have real control over what yeah, goes you, on the script. Game for the room. So, so I'm just saying. All I ask is that I want to see more of the loving relationship between the two sisters, Jenny. Oh, uh, okay. And I love that because I we don't get to see that many shows where you get black siblings, mm-hmm. black female siblings, where they're both their own entity. They have their own agency and. It's just a beautiful relationship. Like that's what I loved about the first season when they kind of came back together yeah, yeah. and they're working together and Jenny kicks ass and they're just they're just such wonderful characters. I don't want to lose that. So if you see any script come your way <laughs> that has anything to do with I will come to your job. <laughs> <laughs> And request the shenanigans cease and desist. I can't speak to anything about what's coming. Oh, no, I know you can't. I can say that as a person who watched the show in the first two seasons, that was one of the things that I very much liked about the show. Mm -hmm. And I I also love the fact that as a genre show, it's full of brown people and it's not about the fact that it's full of brown people. Thank you. Was it season one? You were like all worried there were so many of them (laughs) that they were going to. No, I stopped. Yeah, that was okay. I apologize. (laughs) I know I said this on Twitter. But it was true. I was concerned because there was some, because you had like, oh my God, you John had John Cho mm-hmm. on there. I don't need to bring him back because Self ain't on anymore. Bring him back. <laughs> because my <laughs> heart, in my heart, in my heart, in my heart, that's Nicole Bahari's man on that show. Mm-hmm. Even though he's with the devil and everything else too, people can change. People can change. It's a supernatural show. People can change. True, true. You know, you had, uh, oh God, that fine Latino dude. Uh, oh, is it, what's his name? Is it Mark? I can't remember his name, but he was like the one of her ex boyfriends on right. the show. Right. Then you had her, and he had his family, and like I, for a minute there, I thought people gonna think this is a BET show, <laughs> and they gonna cancel the show because it's too no. Because it, it, yeah. it's sad when I have mm-hmm. to be able to look at that, and be like, ooh, I'm kind of concerned because there's, there's a lot yeah. of us on there on yeah. prime time. But mm-hmm. I, I was glad for it because sure. that's the world I live in, you know. But mm-hmm. it's such a it's such a fun show, and I'm just looking forward to such more fun stuff. So please, it, it, we can no, do. It's gonna be a fun show. It's gonna be great. It's gonna still look like the world. It's not gonna be. It's it's always gonna. I think the show is committed to always looking like the world. And I think Empire mm-hmm. helps all of TV oh, to realize, yeah. oh, it, there's a benefit to mm-hmm. making TV look mm-hmm. like everything. But look, mm-hmm. your show, I, mean, I don't know who else is in the room, but you and Sharnold, two black folks, right. producer level. Because for a while there, it was, just, I mean? it, for a while there it was just like Albert Kim, and then we had the one sister was in mm-hmm. there, but she's there briefly. And mm-hmm. then it was just Albert Kim. I was just like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I ain't trying to talk about nobody. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. See, we be going in about the fact that The Walking Dead don't have nobody black. Now, I don't know what they're doing in the new season, but they haven't had the last few seasons that I know. I don't think they've ever had that I know. I don't know. But it's obvious to me there's something not right on the show. Oh, that you can't. Look, anybody watching TV. Who, look, first of all, I just mm-hmm. say The Walking Dead is my Second favorite show on television. Mm-hmm. Game my, of Thrones is my favorite. My show favorite show. There you go. But Walking mm-hmm. Dead's number two for me. I can write that shit in my sleep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's an incredible show. Mm-hmm. They do incredible work. I don't think it's coincidence that they've had a problem telling the stories of their African American characters. Mm-hmm. Michonne is different because she's a ninja. Sure. So she's not really. She's like. But she a ninja mm-hmm. who needs to have some good sex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's a ninja she, who needs a lot of. Things. She needs a lot <laughs> of good <laughs> stuff. Like to well round her into a person, Thank and you. not just a ninja. Thank exactly. you. And I don't think it's coincidence. Like they don't have. I mean, they have brown writers, but they don't have any African American writers, or even like Shernold, Afro Canadian mm-hmm. writers. Shout out to the Afro Canadians. Yeah. Um, and their black characters have been problematic. 
since day one, since True. since whatever mm-hmm. the first guy's mm-hmm. name is, they killed Cuddy. They killed mm-hmm. they killed everybody. Hates Chris. All the red. They, all the red. What'd you call it? Everybody ate Chris. Everybody, everybody ate Chris. Ate Chris. <laughs> <laughs> like all the black people on the show, you basically it's like Star Trek. Star uh-huh. Trek. You're, yeah, the you're black the red people shirts. are the red shirts. You are the red shirts. True. Black people are red shirts. Except mm-hmm. for Morgan. Yeah, I'm. So but you worried they're gonna kill him this this season just because. No, Morgan's done great because he's only been in like three episodes, three episodes. in nine years. Yep. So <laughs> yeah, it's all good. If he stays exactly. at that pace, he'll be fine. Exactly. Exactly. He will make it. In season 12. <laughs> now he came back Michonne with a stick, didn't he? Well, he, you know what it was? It's funny because, <laughs> right. you know, his family, his parents are from Trinidad. So, you know, there's Trinidad and stick fighting. Okay. So when I saw that, I thought, oh, how awesome. He's like yeah. stick fighting. Like, yeah. Well, he know? did say on Talking Dead, you're going to find out why he can do that now. Or oh, something. that's good. So we'll see. That's I'm good. hoping that's what it is. It's yeah. like they bring some Capoeira in there and he just, <laughs> just brings it. They probably will. But like, I'm, I'm yeah. really, Dana, I'm really glad that you're on Sleepy Hollow. And like Thank I said, you. there's there's a huge following. We We love that show. And... If you can convey this to the executive producers and people, when we go in on Twitter, we're going in with She's love. And that. no, no, part I'm, I'm part of that. Too. I'm part of that crew. <laughs> it's love and affection. And, and I'm telling you now, if people didn't love that show so much, we wouldn't come at it so hard with mm-hmm. our criticisms with it. Because it's one, it's rare that we get to see those type of characters, sure. especially in genre. Mm-hmm. And we love fantasy because for a long time there wasn't really great fantasy shows on. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I used to feel bad when I watched a Face Off. Like I feel bad for all the mm-hmm. special effects people, mm-hmm. like all the cool stuff they used to be able to make for all the genre shows back mm-hmm. in the days, Star Trek, Star all those kind yeah, of stuff. They can't even remotely compete. Yeah, and it's like now, you know, people are getting back it to it. It looks so yeah. real It looks now. so good, yeah. you know. Yeah. So It's practical. Just, yeah. 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 So if you can just kind of convey that to them, like, when we come at y'all, it's because it's love. if we didn't like the show, we wouldn't say shit. No, look, yeah. I've been on, I've been on sci-fi shit. shows where, or genre shows where mm-hmm. people didn't pay attention. Mm-hmm. And you can tell. Yes. <laughs> when, when people are angry at you on Twitter, it's because they're paying attention right. and they want, they want something. Right. To be fulf- they want something emotionally to be fulfilled, and right. that's always better than mm-hmm. the opposite, which is, hey, we just did something. Oh, you were watching something else. <laughs> so. let, me, let me ask you a question, if you don't mind. Of course. Because um, I'm, I'm always interested in, I always talk about this, I'm always interested in the how, like how somebody did something or how you got, that's why I asked you, how did you get the agent, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking you because I don't know how somebody gets one. No, of course. I'm asking you so that people learn exactly. from it, right? So... Talk to me about where you're on producer level, right? What's the interview for like for you like then as opposed to when you were just on staff? Right. Um, is it any different? Does it feel the same, or is it? Uh... I think it feels the same, but I, there's I imagine there are different expectations. Okay. I can't tell because I know a lot more than I did when I was starting. Okay. So those first interviews were always just like. Oh, I'm so excited about your show. <laughs> Can we do this awesome thing? And right. just like just pure right. unbridled enthusiasm. Right. I have a friend who uh who who's been running the same show for like 20 years and he um and when I was first going out on my first staffing job, like on that first show that I mentioned Ordinary mm-hmm. Family, he was like, "Listen, your job as a staff writer is you're a bowl." He's like, Imagine yourself as a bowl of happy cherries that the showrunner <laughs> just gets to pick a happy cherry whenever he wants. You love everything. Everything's brilliant. Every mm-hmm. idea is awesome. And you reflect awesomeness back to the showrunner at all times. And I was like, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And like early on, that's sort of all that you're trying to be on every show. Sure. And after you've done a few shows, like this is my sixth show. So, you know, and they're all sort of, they've all been, you know, fairly sort of bigger, high profile mm-hmm. shows, many of which have failed. But- you know, for whatever, for, for varying reasons. That's, but that's, that's the nature the of the beast. That's the odds of nature, yeah. That's... But like, 
at, at a certain point, you start to be someone who can then say, okay, I love that, but this idea might be better, or I mm-hmm. love that, but it might not work for this reason, or mm-hmm. I don't love that. And mm-hmm. you, but you kind of have to earn the right sure. to say, I don't love that. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me, and here, here's another question. Mm-hmm. You did answer the question. What, what type of writer are you in the room? Because you, you know how when you're staffing a room, right. everybody, you know, you have the guy, oh, he's a closer, or he's, oh, they're good punching up. Right. You know, who, who do you find yourself being in the room? Um, I, I always tell these days. I tend to tell these days. I tend to tell uh, the showrunners who I meet with that I'm, I consider myself sort of a pinch hitter. Okay. Which is, um, or no, what's it? I'm not. I'm bad with baseball metaphors. A utility player. <laughs> utility mm-hmm. player. Okay. Which is like, oh, if the room is full of genre people, mm-hmm. I'll balance you out with the emotional stuff because mm-hmm. because you, you could do both. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. my background is mm-hmm. indie film. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, coming up through Spike. Right. Mm-hmm. If the room is full of emotional people, I'll give you crazy genre ideas. But oh, I will okay. find the gap that the show, and fill it in. Gotcha. show needs to That's try good. to balance it out. I like that. Um, because I feel like having done genre, a lot of genre shows and having watched a lot of TV and made a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. I know what I think. And having learned from a lot of great people, mm-hmm. Greg Berlanti, J.J. Abrams, Ron mm-hmm. Moore. Um, okay. Did he just throw out J.J. Abrams like it wasn't nothing? You know, <laughs> I'm just he got he got to like that. He's like that's my cousin. You know, he ain't nobody. <laughs> he done he done some stuff. Exactly. You know, <laughs> no, but, you know, you you spend time listening to those people talk in mm-hmm. a room, and you're like, oh, that's that's how you. How can you not right. get how game? Can you not absorb. Mm-hmm. Them, absolutely, you know? mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, so now I try to just help. I I try to find a way to balance the show, okay. whatever the show needs. Okay. Um, I won't come in and say I'm going to be the guy who's going to give you 50 crazy ideas if you mm-hmm. already have a 50 crazy idea guy. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. then it's just competing crazy ideas, mm-hmm. right? That's so. right. No, that's see, that's that's experience. That's mm-hmm. figuring out lanes. Okay. Right. Yeah, right. knowing where you yeah. fit in and what exactly. you have to offer the room itself. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, play mm-hmm. a position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's right. You know. And know your position. Like, look, you. <laughs> You the pinch hitter, stay in your lane over there, okay? <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Sure, go ahead. Getting on Sleepy Hollow. Yes, ma'am. Which I hope lasts a long, long time. So do I. Um, is there a, a TV show that you'd like to write? Like, is there something you have in your arsenal right now in terms of creating your own show? Is it a genre show or is it something, you know? That is a, a really interesting question. Um the shows that I have, like, so the pilot that I was developing this past off season, totally not genre, mm-hmm. super grounded, really? real world pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, any, any reason? Is it drama? That? Just was something they moved, they moved you or what? Every time, I, I think, I think, as I said, I'm really dumb about my career. So, <laughs> Apparently <laughs> not. not. Starting, Apparently not. No, no, no. no. I start, like, that's the starting point. He's like, point I don't understand. Time. I could have been Spike Lee by now. <laughs> you know, I just quit this Wall Street job and just, yeah, hey. Man. I think when I'm on shows, all the ideas that I come up with mm-hmm. are the opposite. Because I'm thinking about genre stuff all the time okay. while I'm working, mm-hmm. all the ideas that are percolating are right not. now are the opposite Gosh, of that. Right. So. Two seasons ago, it was a Wall Street show, mm-hmm. and then this past season, it was uh, it was like a, a, a variation on a cop show. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's always it always feels like it's. So maybe if I was off for a long time, mm-hmm. I would come up with some wonderful genre idea that was okay. really in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's come. So is it is it almost kind of like when you work on a certain thing, the last thing you want to do is come it's home. Come and exactly, okay. come home yeah. and work on okay. more of so that. So you're thing. trying to do something opposite. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's conscious because if mm-hmm. I was being smart about it, I would say, oh. 
I'm doing a supernatural time travel supernatural Mm -hmm, show. mm -hmm. I should come up with a time travel supernatural idea (laughs) and buy that very easily. They say, oh, the guy who can do that, we can buy this. But I go home and I'm like, you know, it'd be great. I would, I should do. (laughs) What if there were two kids in a lone world? What about a family on a farm drama back in 1948? In a, in a world where blah blah blah, and then this happens. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's don't take hilarious. career advice from this guy. <laughs> I am making it up as I go along. Well, then, well, much then like now Goodell. you just open up another question. Then, uh-huh. so how does that work for your agents? Then, yeah, do they just keep having to use? An older sample of yours? No, no. I mean, they have samples that are they have they have more than one genre sample to okay. use. So they they have stuff that's within the, you know, for the types of jobs that I go up for, they have the stuff that fits mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they feel like that stuff is not working anymore, they're like, I need a new thing. Um, Here's my second question. If you, I'm going to keep it. No, of course, because <clears throat> they just keep hitting me. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, here's another thing. Uh, so you go out to get staffed on a show. Right, even on producer level. Mm-hmm. Now they might have heard of you. Whatever, Do, are they submitting an original? Or are they submitting something from an existing show? What are I've they doing? I've never written a script for. A, a, so you I mean, never did a spec. I've never done a spec. Got I've, it. I've only done pilots, mm-hmm. like original pilots, or you know. I imagine if they needed to, they could send an episode that I've written, but mm-hmm. that's useless because you never know how much. Yeah, sure. Right. <clears throat> That's why I was asking. Like, yeah. what, mm-hmm. so it's all pilot. It's all Got pilots. It. Mm-hmm. They don't, I've, not, I've never written a spec, okay. um, and I know that people write them. But mm-hmm. for my for myself, I would never want to read a spec. Mm-hmm. Like if I like when I hopefully soon when I'm <laughs> <laughs> reading for for right. stabbing, um, I wouldn't want to read a spec because and I, and I actually had this conversation with my friend uh, Liz Craft, who is oh, Liz, yeah, yeah. I, I love to death. Listen to her podcast; it's really great, and mm-hmm. she's like one of the most brilliant storytellers I've ever worked with. Mm-hmm. But I had this conversation with her when we were on, when we were on a show together because she tell said, her I want her on the show. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk her. to I'll, her. I'll, I'll, I'll tweet her as soon as we leave. Right, definitely, or I'll text her. Um, she she at the time she said that she and Sarah only read specs mm-hmm. um, of existing shows because they wanted to see how well the person could write in someone that else's show. voice. Right. And the argument that I made, and according to what she said, I convinced her was that yes, that's true. But you kind of have to assume anybody you hire is going to they're going to have to learn how to write the show anyway. Write the show. So what you what I would rather know is. What interests you? What's mm-hmm. your real voice? What's their voice? What are you excited about? <laughs> Can you really about? write? Can you really write? That? <laughs> Can yeah. you really write? Exactly. Like, and, so, and she was like, oh, that's interesting. And she mm-hmm. said after that, she reconsidered reading Pilots. Because mm-hmm. I just, I feel like my show, like you read what I write, mm-hmm. that's me. And you mm-hmm. want that or you don't. I, I'm going to write how you write because mm-hmm. that's the job. Part right. of the job is for right. me to write in your voice. Right. And to just like filter my voice in there so you don't notice. Mm-hmm. How so. do you do that on the show? How do you find ways when you get a script? I know a lot of shows you're on, you get more than one sometimes. Right. How, how do you find ways when you're... And I think that's the misconception. Is a lot of younger writers just assume you get on a show, you get, you get a script... You got to nail it exactly the way that the showrunner, the creator, you know, created that voice. But how do you incorporate your own little voice in there? You know what I mean? Your own little sensibilities, you know? I, I always start from the assumption that, and this is, I'm sure it's a faulty assumption, but it's the assumption <laughs> I start with anyway, right. which is you hired me for a reason. Mm-hmm. You hired me because you like the thing that I do, whatever that thing is that mm-hmm. you responded to. Sure. So... I'm going to give you that thing, and you can pull me back from it mm-hmm. if it's too much. Okay. But 
I'm going to start from giving you the thing that you know that I give you as opposed to start from trying to do mm. something else. Yeah. I mean, technically you read a script that the person that you're, you know, you read the first episode of the season and you're like, okay, he likes to put his, he likes to make sure that these things are in all caps mm-hmm. and he likes dashes and not mm-hmm. ellipses. Like mm-hmm. there's technical stuff that you're sure. just literally aping someone else's mm-hmm. style, mm-hmm. but beyond, and, and obviously then the voices on the show are always the voices of the show. You know, mm-hmm. Nicole, Abby's going to sound like Abby True. no matter what. Right. And, and Crane is going to sound like Crane no matter mm-hmm. what. That's your job is to mm-hmm. make them sound the way they sound. Okay. But beyond that, when you're writing scene description or you're writing smaller characters, um, you know, you're trying to throw your little flavor. You can finesse it. Oh, okay. You can so finesse it a little you, bit. Yeah. Where, you know, okay. So you right. fit yourself in around yeah. the edges. Mm-hmm. The, the meat of the thing is always going to be what it is. Mm-hmm. And then you just kind of, your flavor here might be a little different. So... Mm-hmm. You know, I remember reading an episode of a show I did a couple years ago. <clears throat> excuse me, that uh, that like Nick Wooten wrote. He and Nick is you know the beast. He's a beast, mm-hmm. and it was so funny and so loose and mm. so light compared to all of the other episodes that we had written. And we, huh. Like we had all been writing this like really sort of serious <laughs> stuff, and Nick was it was like sort of effervescent, and it was cool to read that and to be like, oh. The meat of the show is still the same. The characters yeah. still have the same mm-hmm. voices, mm-hmm. but this whole script feels different because he was at a point when, when he was like mm-hmm. just having fun with it, and just mm-hmm. throwing it all off. It was right. very light. Right. I'm sure writing on Scorpion, he's you know writing mm-hmm. with a different with a Scorpion voice, but mm-hmm. like it was cool to see somebody who's written so many different voices write with how that person fit this little okay. tone into right. something that we so have established. That means it's all in the action right. and everything else. He keeps that same tone yeah. throughout. Absolutely. Yeah, I can feel it. Yeah. And so it's, you know, and again, that's just something over time you just get better at. Mm-hmm. Like, here's my voice and here's my voice within someone else's mm-hmm. voice mm-hmm. and balancing those things. Okay. If that Man. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So what, uh, what are some exciting things you think you're going to bring? This? What, what do you think that you're going to bring to Sleepy Hollow? Because you know my, the Sleepy Hollow folks going to be listening. And I know I keep bringing back the Sleepy that's Hollow, fine. but you know what? That's current. We no, got to do Hollow, it. The Sleepy Hollow people are the reason I'm here. You, mm-hmm. you know, they hooked us up on Twitter. They, they me and Hillary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some sleepyhead, mm-hmm. shout out to the sleepyheads. Yes. They were like, oh, you should talk to this guy. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, okay, I'll do yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So fandoms like that mm-hmm. are incredible. I've only been on one other show that had a crazy rabid fandom and that was the Tomorrow People. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you said crazy rabid fandom. <laughs> oh, I say that in the most positive way. I, it's, it's, that's, yeah, it's enduring. Yeah, that's what you want. Because we, you know, I have to confess, because last year when I went to WizCon, mm-hmm. um, there was a panel and we were talking about, like, we were, we were talking about um, Sleepy Hollow. We had a Sleepy Hollow panel. Literally, mm-hmm. there was a panel at a feminist sci-fi convention <laughs> and we were sitting in the room and we was talking about Sleepy Hollow. Hard core like you know and this and what do we like and what do we expect mm-hmm. and it was just so cool because you know I watch a lot of TV shows and stuff but it, now with social media you know to be able to go to a sci-fi panel and actually mm-hmm. be talking about a show that's on the air yeah. that's actually brand new and our expectations and how passionate everybody in that room was mm-hmm. and I was just like man we <laughs> we some serious folks about this stuff so you that's, know that's what you want you want mm-hmm. people look when I turn off Game of Thrones every Sunday mm-hmm. like tonight Mm-hmm. Turn off Game of Thrones. Yeah. 
and I'm just going to think about it for like an hour. Right. I'm just going to sit there in bed mm-hmm. just like thinking. And my yeah. wife is going to ask me questions and right. she's going to be like, what if this and what if that? Mm-hmm. And that's what you want. I have not stopped thinking about Fury Road since I saw it three days ago. <laughs> Child. I'm going to see it again yes. today. I, will, I would like to We're see it We're both going to day. see it tonight. Yeah, and that's what a good, you that's know, what you that's, want. that's what good product does. Like mm-hmm. it makes you think and you it, and you and it resonates. Yeah. And it could be a couple of days like, damn it, I'm going to go see that again. It yes. was so good. It gives you mm-hmm. it's, it's something, I don't know, I can't even describe that feeling, mm-hmm. that magic. Even when you're not a writer, just the love of watching good entertainment, film, movies, and stuff like yeah. that—it just gets you amped, you know, and hyped. So you want to feel, and so I, so I love the fact that Sleepy Hollow fans are crazy in love with the show, mm-hmm. and I love the fact that there were things they didn't like, and they mm-hmm. told the show, right? You know, there was. Twitter campaigns of we want this to be different. And at we the same time, though, at the she same time. She was one of them heifers. Look, really? look. <laughs> I was she's one of them black girl nerds. She's one of them. <laughs> they be going in. Would y'all have Friday night something and Saturday night something? Well, we on Friday nights, we have Friday night horror. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday nights, we have Saturday night sci-fi. Last night for Saturday night. Wait, that's last what, night for Saturday night. That's what, Geek Soul Brother. Hey, Geek Soul Brother. What's, what's up, man? Uh, <laughs> last night, we did... Uh, uh, Cronenberg's existen- exten- ex- existence. Existence. Oh, okay. ex- I don't want to call it ex- existence, it's like, but it looks like exist. Whatever. Existence is what it. Yeah. Looks so, like. but yeah. I love David Cronenberg. So I was just kind of going in like, yeah. If you're a real David Cronenberg for mm-hmm. you know fan, you know he's like into body horror, which is what I love. Mm-hmm. And I've seen every single movie since nineteen. 19- look, I had to go start tweeting <laughs> stuff. I had to tweet stuff. I like, look, door. look, look. <laughs> if you ain't seen like. <laughs> They came from within the brood rabbit. Like mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the fly and his later stuff and crash. I'm talking about the early hardcore Canadian nasty. Mm-hmm. What the hell is my mother letting me sit here and watch <laughs> at this drive-in? I'm hooked. You know we love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Friday night horror. I think this past Friday we did uh, the Omen. Okay. And I was like, we were tweeting. I'm like, there's nothing funnier than watching, especially black folk, just watching folk tweet <laughs> about a movie. Because I was like, this little bastard, you gonna let your baby come in here? You gonna let this? You gonna let this Rottweiler just take over your house and stuff? Okay. We were talking about the the nanny struggle bangs. Mm-hmm. Wow, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. But it's the fandom of that, mm-hmm. and it's fun because people live tweet. And with mm-hmm. Sleepy Hollow and all those other great shows, we go in and we like. Because you know, so every yes, we get on the show. This one over here talking about. Do you guys live tweet? No. <laughs> Because if I watch the show, I want to say some stuff. But at the same time, I want to say this to the to you guys who are, who are making the show. I know a lot of times fans make demands, but at the same end of the day, these guys are the ones who are going to make the story, mm-hmm. and they have to make the story based on what they think the characters mm-hmm. are going to do. And as fans, we have to like we can bitch, but yeah. at the same time, you know, we got to let them write the story, sure. that kind of thing. So please, if you feel the need, um, you write what you want, but you better not. <laughs> Let nothing happen <laughs> to Jenny or Abby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be hell to pay, isn't it? B-E-T-N-O-T. <laughs> Bet not. <laughs> she ain't even going to put an apostrophe nope. in there. Just, <laughs> and I'm going to make a request anyway, because you know what? What the heck? I'm mm-hmm. just going to... It's not going to happen, Dana, but I can ask it anyway. Um, I think the actress um, who plays uh, Jenny... Um, I believe, I think she does martial arts. I would like to see more martial arts coming from her uh, with the gunplay and stuff. Like, I really want to see her to whip some ass really good and really theatrical. She's so good at that. And and I really would like you to get... um, what else, what else do I want? My wish list. Yeah, what's on your wish oh, what's list? What's on my wish oh, list? Because he oh. can take it to the writer's room and use it. Maybe oh, like, God, I'll he's so smart. I'll tomorrow morning. I'll be like, <laughs> you know, I was doing research last night, and it turns out that she can do martial arts, so we should have her. No, she, no, because I no, know. I actually didn't know that. Though. No, I was looking at her bio and some stuff, and I know, I was like, this girl can do it. They really should she can really, fight. she can, mm-hmm. like, I, in my mind, for my 
my TV pilot I'm writing based <laughs> on my book. Like mm-hmm. she's the actress I would love oh, to play. Really? Yes, because okay. I because of the fact that she can do martial arts. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, she can do capoeira. We can. Mm-hmm. I get my homeboy in Uh-oh. San Diego teach her capoeira with them with them with them soldiers and shit. Right? Bring it, bring it. You know, but no, I just think that just from the fans and stuff. Just you know, just know that we can love. She go the head show. to head with the with the headless horseman. Or something? She, she can. <laughs> Can you we'll get it in? <laughs> and I, and I, I, I want to apologize for the people who can't stand Katrina. Right. Wow. <laughs> I know people say some really awful things. They just, mm. it's only because we just have love for Abby. That's all. That's all. That's all. They, they try, all they are trying to, they are trying to, I'm trying to tell people, don't try to ship these two together. You can't mm. have Icky and, and her. <laughs> I hate it when shows do that. They always want to make the lead characters fall in love and, and it just gets stale after a while. I mm-hmm. like the sexual tension, but don't feel free that you have to have them hook up. We, we, you know what? I, I would say, as writers, our job is to make sure that the fans are engaged. Mm-hmm. That doesn't always mean doing what they want. Right. Mm-hmm. It just means um, we're going to give you something that you are going to want to chew on one mm-hmm. way or sure. the other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, like a couple weeks ago, my dad called me at like 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> he got ideas. Okay. Okay. Oh, no, not even on my show. He was, he was, he was calling about Game of Thrones. Because okay, like, okay. Daenerys oh, you did got something him in that on he that didn't one, like. And he was right, like, right. Why, why would she do this? I just, I can't. <laughs> Why? Why? I don't understand. They just—they completely betrayed the character. And I was like, Dad, Dad, you realize you're calling me at ten o'clock at night, okay. thinking about what they just did. Mm-hmm. That's all we that's, want. That's all that's they true. want. I, we just want you thinking about it all week. That's want. And even and come back next week and, to see what they did. And oh, yeah. even we mad is that passion for those shows. Cause I know. Yeah. Because when mm-hmm. I do, you remember? Well, y'all remember the red wedding scene and mm-hmm. the early when that child, <laughs> like. We, <laughs> I was traumatized for like a month after that. Like I was like, "Did y'all see?" <laughs> <laughs> and it stuck with it. And that's mm-hmm. to me, that's 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 fucking good writing. Like yeah. when you can put stuff out there mm-hmm. and make people think about that, and and just I just love that. So I'm hoping that's what you bring to your new endeavors. Yeah, it's all your Sleepy fault. Hollow. You're responsible. <laughs> you, you, and like, Sharno, <laughs> you and Sharno. You and Sharno are responsible. Someone black, someone that's not black. like pressure or anything. <laughs> I hope you bring the red, red wedding level type exactly. intensity to your new show. Yeah, well, good so luck. When, so when black, so when black girl, so when black girl nerds and all the crew on exactly. and all the squad on Twitter be exactly. like, and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to mm. be like secretly direct messaging like, Dana, I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Chanel, wow, I am so man, sorry. Man. Like, y'all, hey, you all keep doing you. <laughs> well, look, <laughs> we had um, Paul Gio, who just walked in a minute ago from The Librarians. Mm-hmm. He's a co-EP on that. And um, she went in on him about some shit on their show. She said, like, look, y'all need to... Um, they killed Excalibur. They did. They killed oh, was it episode Excalibur. Two? Oh, episode two? How the hell are you going to have the that sword? happen? The sword. Yes. They killed... They killed the sword? Excalibur. And what made it worse, well, I, I could have dealt with that, mm-hmm. but they had gave it like puppy dog sounds, right. when it do- and it was just like it, that crushed <laughs> she was me. Making little weird noises. I crushed me, and so when she was crying, when, Paul, when Paul came in, I had to let him have it. Like, who is responsible for doing that? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That, yeah, I get it. I get mm. it. But you said something earlier <laughs> that I thought was funny. Um, we had my girl Linnell White on, and she's one of the writers on um, Z Nation. And she would tell because we do episodes where we'll go 20 minutes talking about Walking Dead. Right, right, right. <laughs> we'll go in. And we were talking about Z Nation. And she was talking about how, okay, look, we know. We don't have the budget as We ain't got the Walking Dead budget. Right. This is a completely different show. We're like, it's completely different. Right. You can't compare right. it. Right. You know, you can't. Because she was talking about how um, <clears throat> people go on Netflix 
now you can binge it. So people are like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Right. And, but they're, they're getting it because you can watch The Walking Dead right. and it leads you to what's the next yeah. show. Well, oh, okay. Shows that are familiar. Right. Boom, if you right? like this, you might like, you like this, this show. Right. So people are like, but it's not, it, it's not, it's not like, the no, Dead. motherfucker, they right. don't have that. That's like HBO money okay. compared to yeah. Sci-Fi Channel. No offense. Okay. You know what I mean? No, sure. They don't give you no money, bitch. Right. <laughs> this is like I mean? Sharknado money. <laughs> exactly. There is. Exactly. Um, the, the 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 show that I was on that was probably the the smallest budget was Helix. Really, because it looks really it looks good. So and, but that's what I was going to say. When when you have when you have limited budgets for mm-hmm. a show, you know, just because Sci Fi Channel has smaller budgets sure. than like Fox. So, mm-hmm. um, but when you have limited budgets, it you really need to have creative creative people. That's mm-hmm. redundant. But <laughs> um, production values. Yeah, yeah you have to be creative yeah. about how to find the production right. value. So, like the season of Helix that I was on. Um, and we also had an incredible producing director, Steve Adelson. Mm-hmm. Um, but Steve Maeda, who was the showrunner on that mm-hmm. season, found uh, a location in Montreal, which is where we shot, mm-hmm. that we could take over this whole location. Really? So, And the location itself had lots of different looks. So you set the whole season in this location. Right. And then you own that. And you know X amount of your budget goes mm-hmm. to that. Exactly. But you get all this production value out of that, as opposed to trying to make it look like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, something because he looks look good. It looked it looked it good. Looked good. Look, second season, mm-hmm. I mean, first season, I think they look, looked really good for where they were where they're what at they were doing, yeah. which mm-hmm. is you can't really go find mm-hmm. a location in the Arctic. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> we're in the Arctic, right? <laughs> it's hard to, to find a practical version okay. of that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, he made a really smart decision, which was like, I'm going to throw my budget at this, mm-hmm. and then. And get the intrin- the intrinsic production value out of these buildings that right. already are built. I'm right. not going to have to rebuild some rebuild stuff, stuff right. and do green screens mm-hmm. and all that, which you know, on a limited budget, you just can't do. So mm-hmm. you got to make smart choices like that. And yep. Let me, let me ask you a question in regard to because some shows, you write an episode, you get to go on the set and you know produce your episode. Right. <clears throat> have you worked on shows where you did either or? I've only done one show where you didn't go to set. Okay. Um, and that was uh, 666 Park Avenue. Okay. And we had a producing director that we shot in New York. We had a producing mm-hmm. director who had moved to New York for the show. Mm-hmm. And so he was sort of our representative on set the whole time. Mm-hmm. Every other, I've, I've been on set for every other episode I've written yeah. of everything. So. It's a lot more funner. It's way, way more fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you go, I mean, on Tomorrow People, you know, I did five episodes of that show and I was, so I was in Vancouver every like five weeks. Mm-hmm. So by the fifth time, mm-hmm. I was a little bit like, whew. A lot of Vancouver, <laughs> but uh, Vancouver is also my favorite city, so it's mm-hmm. all good. Mm-hmm. Um, Plus, they get to take care of you when you go out there. You know, there's no, there's no bad writers guild. guild. You got to fly in first class. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um, exactly. So, <laughs> no, nah, that's not a bad. I'm just always curious no about that version. because mm-hmm. um, I'm on the education committee, as I was talking about, and one of them, um, this girl Liz, is is a showrunner on. Oh, she's a co-EP on some show. <clears throat> and she was talking, so she's organizing for us to do a, um, a panel about post-production. Because mm-hmm. even though she's on a co-EP level, she's always worked on a show where she never went to the set. Really? So she doesn't wow. know how to do much. She's co-EP. Really? Wow. And doesn't know how to do much, that much stuff. And I'm like, see, that's why shows need to be having people go to the set. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> like I was talking recently to one of my producer friends about... Um, not being in the system, mm-hmm. but having done all these other pilots and stuff, they look just as good. They right. don't have the big budgets, yep. blah, blah, blah. But I know how to do everything almost. Right. Yeah, I know how to at least give notes on how right. to, I know how to go to the editing bed. I know how to go to the set. Mm-hmm. I know how to deal with the director and I stand behind Video Village. I know exactly right. what's going on. And um, 
where I'm going with that is I'm always shocked about that. I get it. It's a budget thing, and you right. know, because it does right. cost money to take to send the writer on set, and they got to pay you while you're there. I mean, all that stuff like that. And you lose you lose a brain in the room. You sure. lose somebody who could be on the page if your if your mm-hmm. group. You know, I mm-hmm. was going to use the, in, the ter- industry term, but if your group writing a script, mm-hmm. um, you lose a you lose a body in town. And you know, in the middle of the season, the staff gets stretched really thin. Right. You got somebody on pre- somebody's prepping, somebody's on script, mm-hmm. right. somebody's in post. Showrunners mm-hmm. in three different places at mm-hmm. once. Sure. So you need all those bodies. So I definitely understand. Again, well, when you guys are low, you know, me and Lisa coming in. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll organize. No, no, we'll organize for y'all. You know, we'll get it together. Um, <laughs> it's much. It's a much better. It's better for. I think it's better for everyone. Mm-hmm. If you go to set, you go to set. You, the the writer is invested in a different mm-hmm. way now. Every time you come back from the set. You understand the show much better than before. And that's my Thanks, point. Yeah. You, get, you know what I mean? Like, oh, and, and you realize, oh, Nicole can do this thing that we haven't been doing. Mm-hmm. Or Tom doesn't really like this other thing, so mm-hmm. maybe we should avoid... Mm-hmm. Like, you get mm-hmm. things, and then you also see parts of the stage that you're like, we've never exactly. shot that corner exactly. over there. Exactly. It looks amazing. Right. Um, but also, from a from a training standpoint, mm-hmm. from a, you know, I came in... I was fortunate to come into the industry with some previous set sure. experience, mm-hmm. but and, and post-experience, but... You know, in this in a business where you're sort of preparing the next generation of people who are coming up through your staff, mm-hmm. at some point you want to be able to. I would imagine you want to be able to delegate and say, "Hey, sure. go deal with episode whatever, mm-hmm. and po- go talk to the editor on that to your co EP." Mm-hmm. And hey, I need somebody to go to set because I'm the showrunner and I'm writing episode one, mm-hmm. but I can't be out of the room for two weeks, so sure, yeah, sure. I need to send somebody who I can trust. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like you want people to be in post with you, because, to be on set with you. I mean, that's what I'm saying because it seems to me I, w- I was shocked when she told us that. I was like, "How are you <laughs> yeah, co EP? Yeah, and never. And been. you're just learning because the new show she's on. They're like, "Oh, I need you to go to the set." And she's like, "You need me to do what?" <laughs> she was telling us the story. Dear, and dear, I'm looking at her headlights, and you see her resume. It's like this long, and yeah, I'm like, wow. "You don't know what to do." And it's like, "Can I go for you, babe?" Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "Wow, really?" And and um, anyway, so I'm just I'm just, I'm just really shocked by that. So, um, um, I guess I'm just trying to say I wish. Oh, the whole point of it, I thought, was for you to be you know an assistant to a staff, you know, work your way up, so that you learn those things, so that by the time you're supervising co-producer level, you you can write a script, right, and and run your own show, right. Right. But if you never did that shit, mm-hmm. how the tough. hell are you going to run? You're going to have to bring in somebody to second you. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah, that's tough. And then you got to learn and look like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Right. That's a lot of things not to have experienced. <laughs> right. that's a I was shocked by that. I yeah. was like, what? Yeah, that's too bad. I mean, and you, I just think you miss out. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still really good friends with actors from other shows that I've worked on okay. just from spending time with mm-hmm. them on set. Mm-hmm. I was at the Super Bowl. This is going to sound real name dropping, right. so I apologize. In advance, but I, I went to the Super Bowl this past year because I'm a mm-hmm. Patriots fan. Okay, no, no, not going to talk about that. They cheated. Hey, what's the sound? <laughs> and but I ran into I ran into Michael Chiklis there, mm-hmm. who was the lead on the very first show I'd been on. Mm-hmm. And if I hadn't spent many many hours on set with him, so I ended up hanging out with him like at the game and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't spent time on set with him. You know, we wouldn't have had any that relationship. Mm-hmm. To, right. So I feel like there's also just other benefits mm-hmm. in your life. You're like, oh, relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. I still text with the whole cast from mm-hmm. Tomorrow People. Like that. That show is special. That's like, cool. We were very tight on that show. But see, everybody has that one. That one show. 
you know, yeah. that, you know, whether it be your very first one or whatever, like Linnell, like Army Wives, she mm-hmm. was driving by, you know, Raleigh Studios, like, oh, my God, my office is like, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. What I mean? right. yeah, that's funny. That's funny. No, it's you, your squad. you get attached to those <laughs> yeah. things, you know, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, there's mm-hmm. memories. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's next for you? I know, I know you just pretty much focused on Sleepy Hollow yeah, right now. Yeah, we're still at the first, uh, you, you know, just it three in. weeks in for a month? What we is are, it? we just finished, I think, week four, okay. maybe week three or four, I can't mm-hmm. remember. How many weeks are you guys in? Uh, you, you, how long is it? 18 episodes. Okay. So wow, that 18 should episodes. take us, I Six imagine, months it takes or us around January. Wow. See, that's the kind of job you want. Nice. Well, you get half a year, damn it, when nice. your ass is working. Yeah, nice. yeah you're in. That's you're what in I'm for talking about. Nice. So we're we're still we're still very very early. I'm still so thinking about twenty weeks. Everybody's like, oh, I got twenty weeks. I got ten weeks. Some people get ten. Yeah. I think Linnell said they had, had ten, 10 on um, on um, on Z Nation, and they wow. did how many episodes? You say ten mm. or fifteen? Mm. I think. Wow. Mm. They're wow. just knocking them out like that. Out, yeah. you know? Is that a half hour or is it an hour? That's an hour. It's an hour. It's an hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's fast. Mm-hmm. That is fast. But that means everybody probably get two. Right. You know, which isn't bad. No, no, that's not bad <laughs> You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You want that fee. Right. Yeah, but that's definitely <laughs> yeah. fast. You want that envelope yeah. to come in too, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> All those envelopes are good. <laughs> that's what's up. So any little word of advice you can give the kids who want to get into TV, like what would you do differently now? That if you knew what you knew now and you just moved to L.A. and you had a script or two, well, how would you maneuver yourself oh, now? Well, what do you think? Well, if I knew, what I, if I knew then what I know now, mm-hmm. I would have moved here. I would have, right out of college, I would have moved I to say Los that Angeles. all the time, too. Yeah. I wish I would have moved when I was here. I would have moved here at 22 right, right. and worked as, an, as a PA on something and mm-hmm. then got onto somebody's desk as mm-hmm. an assistant and worked my way up that yeah. way. Okay. And I would have broken in, you know, 10 years earlier than I did. Mm-hmm. Because I spent ten years in New York, <laughs> um, so mm-hmm. I, if if I had known that this is what I was targeting, TV, you know, TV, um, I, I don't. I mean, look, my my honest my honest advice is not good advice at all. Mm-hmm. It's not the advice anybody wants to hear. Which is Whatever. just like, I just feel like it's a hustle mm-hmm. and it's a grind, and everybody's hustling and everybody's grinding. Yep. So. You just have to hustle and grind <laughs> harder than the next guy. Exactly. <laughs> all it is. I mean, mm-hmm. at a certain point, because and and early on, that doesn't feel like it means anything. But at the end of the day, half the people who are in it are just the ones who didn't quit right. when it felt like they should quit. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is really this sucks. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I got bills and a kid, mm-hmm. and I haven't slept in a week. Mm-hmm. Like the guy who. Did and they went home and finished that script, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> sure did. And then, exactly. and then they got there. Because uh-huh. part of it is once you're in, it's like you realize, oh, all that stuff that I learned grinding to get in, this is the easy part. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, but it, it's getting in is hard. It's getting there's in. No, there's no way around it. You, yeah. you said something really interesting. I don't mean to backtrack because no, we're, we're wrapping up here. Um, so you were fresh off Helix. And during the break before pilot season, you wrote another pilot. Yeah, right. I wrote two pilots. Two pilots. <laughs> yeah. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about, okay. Lisa. This is the type of shit I'm talking about. These are the type of motherfuckers you are against. Uh, okay. Okay? They're on a show, and I don't mean against, like, in a... Comp- well, it is a competition. Fuck it. Okay? <laughs> we like, should stick them right now. Look, look, look. Now, look. <laughs> but look, here's the deal. Do you see, Linnell, how many scripts did she say she wrote last year? Yes. Like, five? Yes. You know what I mean? So, this is what I'm talking about. No, Do, after Helix, I wrote two ahead. pilots, and we were... Uh, one of them we had attached an executive producer, mm-hmm. and the other one we the other one they were just sitting on because okay. they were we were 
they didn't, there was, we are, the one was already going mm-hmm. and we were about to take the one that we had attached a pod to, to, to net, to studios. And then I staffed on sleepy hollow. Okay. All right. We got to tell the kids what the pod is. Oh, sorry. So, uh, the pod is just a producer on a deal at a, mm-hmm. at a studio. So, you know, Greg Berlanti, J.J. Abrams, mm-hmm. th- those type of people who have... His friends and shit. He just mm-hmm. got a name. Just, I'm not friends with J.J. <laughs> Greg, I hope, would still consider me to be yeah. He go over there for Thanksgiving and shit, you know. Hanukkah, you he know. He brings the rolls. No, yeah. J.J. would not remember. That. I, was, I was a staff writer on the J.J. show. Uh-huh. But, but those, you know, people who have a, multi, who have a deal on a studio... Mm-hmm. And make multiple shows. So there's only had, like three of them now. They don't even do mm, that anymore. That's true. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, so we had attached a producer, and we were about to go to studios. And then uh, Sleepy Hollow came up, and you know I couldn't say no to that deal. Yeah. So we will do that with those pilots next season. Oh, okay, because nice. I'll have good. So they're not closed. Oh yet? no, they're not. They're they're just they just have to go and sit on a shelf for a while. Yeah. Listen, man, he had written them. Okay, during this, that off that that break. He was still in the hustle. It's not yeah. a lot of time. It's not a lot of time yeah, and, like and wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's who you're up against, But people. you were prepping yourself yep. for the next season, mm-hmm. every, just in case. Yes. My, my, right. my buddy who was my mentor on my very first show, he was like, Yo, every time you go down, write something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, every time? He's like, every time. He's like, you need mm-hmm. something new every year. Mm-hmm. I have not necessarily taken that advice, yeah. but- I try to have at least a new pilot every year. Yep. Okay. Some of them have never. Some of them my agents haven't seen because I haven't needed them yet, right. so they're just sitting there. Okay, that's good. Um, you know, I'm still revising them. <laughs> right. So like that Wall Street thing I yeah. did two years ago, like they've never seen that because really? I'm not happy with it yet. Mm-hmm. But, okay, okay. But I wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and now that I have a little more time and flexibility because mm-hmm. I'm not clawing to just get in anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm you know I'm writing a movie right now, so. But you're always writing because. Right. See, I want to read that cop thing you were always talking about. Always writing. That's that's one of the two. Yeah, yeah that's one so of that the. That sounds two. interesting. And if we feel those, you know, my motto is like, you Where's know, it? I you can always I can always be an extra that just says <laughs> that is my that's all the line I want. What's your line? What's your line? There they go, right there. That's all I want to say. <laughs> no matter what the situation. No matter is. what the situation is. I just want one little line so I can get a little 25 cent check and my little residual. There they go right there. I will write that <laughs> like, please. There they go right there. I don't care if it's your Wall Street project, it's your cop project. I just want to be the extra guy. There they go right there. Well, on that note, thank you so much, Dana. We appreciate thank it. Thank you buddy. guys for having me. I appreciate it. And yes, we're so, I'm so excited for you to be on Sleepy Hollow Indeed, and man. just you and Chanel and all them just, you know, hey. I'll be ready for the next season and just, you know, write your ass off. I'm going to try. And if we, I hope we don't let you down. But if we do, blame Chernel. <laughs> Wait a minute. Chernel said that about you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, Chernel. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> so look. <laughs> so you see you got some sleepy heads mm-hmm. in here. So um, where can people find you at? Where are you at? Um, I'm, you are, um, you're definitely on Twitter. He's Twitter. Twitter head too. At what am I at LD Jackson? Um, I'm on Instagram, but I don't know my Instagram name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very bad at social media. Okay, um, but that's because you're writing. That's why. But I do tweet a lot a job. of photos from my office. Oh, good. That's okay. cool. Like photos of obscure things in the office. Oh, that's cool. Well, let me ask you a quick question. <laughs> Just, I have to. I have to because because I talk to a lot of showrunners who don't allow phones in the room. So, but yet I still see a lot of my friends taking photos while they're in the room. Hey, we're here, we're eating, we're blah, blah, blah. You know, like Paul and them, they're on freaking Twitter all day on day. I'm like, ain't y'all in the writer's room? 
We, no, they're right. They show, multitask. We, we, this show, I've only been on one show that like has a no phone mm-hmm. in the room. I always bring my phone in the room. I always bring my phone in the room. I have a wife and a kid, and okay. I need to have my phone with me. Okay. But like no phones on the table. I've only okay. been on one show that had that rule. That's I just that's annoying. So people literally might be sitting there looking at their. Oh yeah, credit. I mean now like well, because you're looking stuff up. You, you're talking about yeah, something might be popping off mythology, and, and you're like, right. what's that monster called? And then you just look them up. Right. Like, oh, it's yeah. called this. Maybe we could right. use that. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's useful. Okay. Uh, on genre shows, at least, like mm-hmm. you always want to be looking up sure. this and that, and then occasionally you're like, oh, let me tweet that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just <laughs> so, always curious about that. Yeah, because they are on all day long. I'm like, I thought they in the fucking writers' but room. But that's so fun. Because <laughs> it yeah, makes it you feel like you're part of it and you like you you're invested in that. Like, mm-hmm. oh look, you see them doing that and they're having fun and they're yeah. and you expect them to have some fun stuff on TV for mm-hmm. you. So I would love it if they did more for that for Sleepy Hollow. Like <laughs> even if it's your coffee cups, like, hey, here's this oh and, and, and like maybe a partial photo of a script, mm-hmm. you know, like or somebody on a laptop or something, mm-hmm. you know, or just you know, just it's just fun. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel like you're you're invested in the show and you're connected to it. That's I awesome. take a lot of shows a lot of photos on set. Okay. On my episodes, and then I'll tweet them. I'll live tweet them the night of the show. That's awesome. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. like, because you don't want to tell yeah. people anything right, in right, advance, right. but like, oh, you just saw that scene. Here's the thing that's you did awesome. right, right afterwards. That's, that's awesome. Like, that's like awesome. That. That's a good I'll, idea. I'll probably, if Sleepy Hollow is cool with it, I'll probably end up doing that. Again. Yeah, find out because that'll be fun. Because we'll be live tweeting me and Black Girl Nerds and everybody else. <laughs> Her and the eight thousand Black Girl Nerds on there, no doubt. <laughs> and we'll be like, blah, 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 blah. oh, mm-hmm. her hair was this flawless. Oh, that outfit. I don't know. She'd be wearing that. <laughs> that's what you want, right? That's that's my people right there. That's, that's my people. That. That's what's up. That's what's up. Icky, don't ever cut his hair. Like, let him. Don't ever change his clothes. Let him wear that. He looks fabulous <laughs> with that. He's fabulous with it. You know. Exactly. And y'all should have a clothing line. If Mad Men had a clothing line, y'all should have like oh, the yeah, Icky and Sleepy Hollow. Mm-hmm. Like, I would go buy that at Macy's. You would. You'd be in a corset and shit. Are, are you, do you see Nicole's outfits <laughs> on there? Mm-hmm. She, She'd be working it, She'd be draped mm-hmm. on that show, you know? Mm-hmm. So I need to have like a whole clothing line. And um, I would love to have Icky's, uh, that jacket that he wears. <laughs> that oh, kind of like, nice. oh, God. Oh, that, that I would, tot- I would, I would yeah. totally wear that, yeah. you know? It's got a bit of the art for Dolgen. Yeah, Dodge. <laughs> nice. All right. Awesome. awesome. So thank you, man. We appreciate you having you, thank dude. You My awesome. man been going to the gym, working out next to me. We didn't even know who he was. Ain't that a bitch? No, I definitely see you there. How long you been going to the gym? Like five years. Really? I'm there. I'm real early. Oh hell no! I ain't no brother ever getting up that early. That's only motherfuckers were real guys. <laughs> no, I see you when I come. I, I, that's why I recognize you because on I, the you weekends, come in, in yeah. the week, I see you on yeah. the weekends, and you come in the evenings, right? No. Just Every blue, I used to because I was in dance class okay, six days a week. Yes, yeah. yes, because yeah. you look like mm-hmm. you came in from dance. I, I am like, a dancer. Are you? <laughs> I was. Okay. Yep. You so Shut cheesy. Up. You so cheesy. Anyway, <laughs> Lisa, small Lisa, city. Lisa small where city. you at, little girl? Uh, I am on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Follow at your own risk. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you see this bitch If you start following her on Twitter You're gonna be like Oh shit What? I educate oh, people <laughs> On situations uh, You can also find me on Bitch Flicks I write film reviews For Bitch Flicks For the feminist film review Intersectional baby Intersectional Have you done thingy On Sleepy Hollow yet? You no know, You know what? Maybe that's what you should do this year. I did write a piece on Sleepy Hollow for mm-hmm. uh, the Wisconsin Chronicles. I did okay. an essay about it that's and why it's a, it was a better show than in terms of its black female characters compared to The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I sh- you know what? I'm going to wait till season three and I might do like a, a season okay. 
overview okay. on why historically this show is going to go down as one of those classic ones and hopefully more stuff. Ooh, but anyway, you, see that? you will nice. find me. <laughs> yeah, so find me on Twitter. You find me at Bitchflix. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, you can find my newest short story, Three Voices, on Uncanny Magazine. Um, you can buy it at Amazon, but it'll go up live online for free for you broke motherfuckers out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> June 1st. So if you look up uncanny.com, you can look for the story. It's only two ninety nine. Come on now. Come and they're on, having, and we're having a, come on Jack. now, for some fantastic yeah. science fiction uh-huh. from moi, you need to read my stories. Mm-hmm. That's I'm good. worth the price. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm good. And you will be entertained. Three Voices is a fun story. So if mm-hmm. you like music and you like sci-fi, read it. Two ninety nine. Exactly. I'm trying to get Paul Gill. He's wait. Okay, folks. He's sitting here waving. Paul Gill's. He's, he's, he's sliding there. over there, rocking. Are you getting coffee? <laughs> it's Paul Gill coffee. Here he come. He coming. So here one of the. Everybody, the world famous Paul Gill just walked in the door. We saw you walk. Say hi, right quick, Paul. Say hi. Hello. How you doing? My TV show, The Librarian Show. Exactly, exactly. We got my man Lee Dana Jackson here from Sleepy Hollow, one of the producers on that. Nice. Sleepy Hollow. Another real guest. Oh, stop it. Stop it. Not slumming with me anymore. No way, no way. Exactly. Anyway, we had we had to squeeze him in, so we just yeah. came in. So you you can say 2015 with us, right quick. Hold on. Okay, pause in here. So, so you ready? Hold on. Y'all can follow me on Twitter oh God, at Hilliard Guest. Uh-huh. You can follow the show yeah. at Screenwriters RR. Mm-hmm. Um, any questions? Screenwriters Rant Room at gmail dot com. And don't forget, come over here to the Hatchery Press. Oh, please you know, come get to your the spot. Get your right on. Because there's some good shit over here. Just, stay, don't, awesome. just don't go upstairs to the uh, patio. That or is my section. I don't want people coming up there, taking over the space. <laughs> you know, y'all can have downstairs. Leave the upstairs mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> Lisa's little roof garden. Exactly. Yes. What you doing up it's there, It's got little girl. tomatoes up there, uh-huh. and she's growing little veggies, and it's so cute. <laughs> stay away from it. So y'all know what we do on the Rant Room, mm-hmm. on this show. We keep it street. What? We keep it opinionated. Mm-hmm. We keep it what? 2015. All right, Peace, people. Y'all. Ciao. <laughs> yeah, man, I got something to get off my chest. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the rare room. Tongues won't be bitten. Ain't no rules. Just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. We tuning it to the thrillers. And no, ain't no stopping. Any topic. Even the random. Brand. I hope that you're ready. We entering in the zone soon. We on a grown shit. Welcome to the rare room. Uh, that's it. That's all I got to say. <laughs>